Oh, I had a nice uh, teachy talk ready to give you today on natural law, but this has been a most monumental week in my life, so I thought I would share it with you. We'll save the natural law for next time I talk. Okay, now many of you may know uh, in Scottsdale this week, um, the AREI, the Afterlife Institute Symposium, went on. Um, this is really a fantastic event. They hold it yearly, and for like five days, you can go and be amongst literally thousands of people who think the way you do. And there's, there are many classes and workshops you can attend. Um, it is pricey, you know, to go for the whole week, but you can get, you know, individual days if you so desire. That's too a little pricey, but it is well worth it because what you will take away from being there will change your life. Uh, we also, and I'll, I bought the program in, so if y'all want to look at it later, you can do that. I also have the menu from the restaurant in the place, so it was at the Double Tree in Scottsdale. Anyway, let me tell you what happened. <clears throat> All right. So many of you know that um, we hosted, our church, CLS, hosted two physical mediums who were at the symposium. Uh, Scott Mulligan, who was a young man, and David Thompson, a, a seasoned veteran, as they say. Although he's actually a young man too, but then everybody's younger than I am these days, so what can I say? But anyway. <clears throat> So we all worked, the board really did a tremendous job helping me with this, to turn our sanctuary into a seance room that every night for four nights in a row held at least 40 people, sometimes a little more, okay? Um, I will tell you about Scott. <laughs> he is a dear, dear boy. Um, he's only probably probably in his early 40s, I would say. 37. 37? Oh, you asked. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, he's a sweetheart. Anyway, um, he was the first two nights. And I was also lucky to inveigle a couple of free seats every night so the board was able to attend each night. We also held a raffle, which, oddly enough, our own Kim Wagner Lane won. So she got to go to see both Scott and David. But anyway, um, these are both ectoplasm mediums. They produce ectoplasm from their system, which is a protein-like substance that comes out of, well, it can come out of any orifice in your body. With these guys, it comes out of the mouth. But anyway, Javi and Janet built a cabinet for them, which was up here where this is. I can actually still feel energy left over from, you know, this, this time. Anyway, the medium sits in the cabinet. Um, they play some, some music, and the, the people that are there sing along. Uh, luckily for, for Scott's seances, they were mostly songs we all knew, whether it was, <laughs> what do we do with a drunken sailor, or several um, nursery rhymes, you know, this old man, he played one. If I never hear that again, it'll be too soon. Um, 
anyway, so, and the energy, the energy grows as the evening progresses, okay? You can actually, you can feel it. You can, and if you see spirit at all, if you see spirit essence, when the spirit people do materialize, you can actually follow them around the room because of their glow, okay? Um, <clears throat> there were two uh, women in the audience uh, the first night who had lost their sons um, either by overdose or some other type of suicide anyway and they belonged to a, um, a group you know a support group um, these women were lucky enough to have their sons both of them come through step into the ectoplasmic voice, voice box and speak to their mothers. There wasn't a dry eye in the room. It was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> okay, they, we also had on the piece of cardboard or plywood that was in the center of the room, um, a bunch of toys and uh, little stuffed toys and three hula hoops, okay? that um, had little dots of light on them. And um, after a bit, Daniel, um, the person who works with Scott to handle the ectoplasm or whatever, bought through this quite raucous group of spirit children. And you can hear them chatting with each other, laughing, and you could hear their, their footsteps on the plywood. They'd come out to play with the toys and just, you know, really carry on for about 15 minutes. It's so loud. I mean, now there were nine of them. at least. They said, he said nine. Yeah. Um, but they played with the toys. They even opened a plastic bag that these little stuffed animals were in. And, you know, when we looked at the bag later, it was like the hole in the bag had been melted like with a hot knife or something. Anyway, and I think, I'm not sure if it was the first night or the second night, there was also, the, the small children went back to spirit, and then they brought through these older, I would say, um, teenage spirits, <clears throat> who were even more raucous than the children were. But anyway, <laughs> they came out and um, you, you could hear them, you know, laughing and carrying on, and they, there was a bell, a school bell, like this, but much bigger and much, much louder, okay? And one of them thought it would be great fun to pick that bell up and ring it and ring it and ring it till your ears were going, help me, help me. But there's nothing you can do because you're all linked together, holding hands, some with, sometimes with perfect strangers. Uh, sometimes you were lucky to have somebody next to you that you knew. Uh, they also, the second night, did something really odd but fun. Um, they took the three hula hoops, and they were sectional. You know, they came from Amazon, so. And they took them apart. And I had a basket in here that was like a little monkey head that had toys in it. And they took the, the handle of the basket and they 
somehow tied it into the hula hoop. They took and they and they connected these hula hoops, so it looked like a pretzel. The three of them were connected, all together, and yet these other toys, like for the younger children, were attached to these hula, these hula hoops. How they did that, I don't know. We never heard a thing. They just did it while we were sitting there in the dark when we when it was over and we. Well, here's the hula hoops. It looked kind of like a Ballantine beer signal, um, you know, logo, but like, like a pretzel, all attached. Um, they also <laughs> had a water pistol, <clears throat> which they would go around and, you know, if people weren't laughing and singing and when they go around, give them a squirt, uh, just to, you know, keep them, keep them on their toes, okay? Um, the first night I was lucky enough to have these child spirits come over and play on, like they were playing piano on my knees. And then a little while later, one of them picked up a hula hoop and brought it over to me and started banging on my legs with the hula hoop. So I did what some people would consider a no-no. I let go of the person's hand next to me and I grabbed the hula hoop. Um, tugging on the hula hoop, and here's this spirit child almost pulling me off the chair, pulling me back. But it was, you know, again, more and more vital evidence, okay? Um, the David Thompson seances are a little more adult, but that's okay. Um, he has a fantastic gentleman who is his main control, I guess, in spirit, named William Cadwell. William is from, I believe, Victorian era, or even maybe pre-Victorian era England. Uh, when he comes in, you know it's William because he's got a very deep voice. And the voice comes from up here, not down below like the children or whatever, up here. William was six foot two when he walked the earth. So when he materializes, even though you can't see him, you can feel him. God knows you can feel him. <laughs> And if you're lucky enough to see spirit essence, you see this cloud of twinkly whiteness. Um, that's William now. But he comes out first and he talks to the people and he will say eventually, does anyone have any questions? And if you do have a question, not a personal one, not if am I going to get a job or am I going to get a new boyfriend or any of that nonsense. Um, but if you ask a question that pertains to everyone in the room, uh, whether it's about progression or life in the spirit world, whatever. Um, he will come over to you. I mean, come really close. <laughs> and you ask the question and he will answer you. And then he will say, my dear, would you mind if I placed my hand upon your head? And of course, nobody says no. I mean, they'd be crazy to do that. So they say yes, and he takes his humongous hand, which I swear is probably twice the size of mine, or maybe the two of them together, and places it on the top of your head. And it covers your head from almost ear to ear. And it's warm, and it's solid. It is an experience beyond belief. Kimmy had it the first night. You can talk to her about it later if you want. I had it the second night. And it was even really terrific. And I don't mean to, you know, 
count my ego or anything, but William sees people all over the world, um, you know, many people, many, many people, and he remembered me from before. Now, I have seen David about probably seven or eight times now, but when it was my turn to ask a question, he came right over, and when he found out it was me, Oh, darling, it's so good to see you again, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I hope someday I get to see you. And he said, don't be surprised, someday you will. I, that I remember. Because, of course, I'm, my, I'm up here. You know, I'm almost out of my body. I'm so excited. Um, I asked him about the term soul group that we hear so often bantered around. Um, I really don't know what he said because I was so out there. But they are going to um, send copies, audio copies, of the seances to the attendees. So when I get to listen to it again, I will let you know what he said to me that day, yesterday. It was only yesterday. It seems like forever ago. Anyway, that was, it was just really phenomenal. Uh, I'm hoping that they will be back next year. And... I have told them if they do return to the symposium next year that we will also offer our church for their seance space. Because I'm not the only junkie, but Javi is too. And probably everyone who attended the seance now will not be able to get enough of physical phenomena. Oh, I know Bill. Bill's already sold. We know that. I mean, I cannot express to you the joy. An odd thing is, for those of you who feel vibration, before you leave here, go sit in that big chair that's in the back of the room. That was the chair that David used both nights. You can still feel the vibration in that chair. Okay. Uh, another thing of interest, um, now David is tied into the chair with uh, these straps, I mean, not just little skinny, you know, things, but they're like an inch wide. And then he has what are actually cat collars, you know, so that's another thing over it that they tie him in with and they put the, the um, little wrappy things so that they cannot be undone unless the, um, the ties, what are they called? Zip ties. Zip ties are clipped. He can't get out of it. Right? And he's got, uh, got the same kind of straps around his ankles. They even put a gag in his mouth so that you can't, you can't do ventriloquism with a gag in your mouth. So nobody can say it's David throwing his voice. Right? It's, you know, not that he would ever, ever cheat because he's, you know, he knows all you have to do when you're working with spirit is cheat or let your ego take over, and your gifts are gone, honey, yeah. Any, with anything, even mental mediumship. If you're not true to the cause and true and work for spirit other than yourself, that's it. You're done. You're finished. You might as well turn in whatever. Anyway, but the finale of David's little um, seance is really interesting. Now, when you go by that chair, you'll see how heavy it is. I mean, I have trouble moving it. Some people I know are very strong in here, and they can just pick it up over their heads and walk around with it, but that's them, not me. But anyway, it's really, in fact, we looked for that chair. When we were looking for a chair, I said, make sure it's something that is really, really strong. 
So we lucked out with that one. And he really liked it because it's comfy, too. But um, he's in the cabinet. He's tied to the chair. And when he's coming out, they play more music. And some songs you can sing along to, they play like um, Over the Rainbow and um, True Colors. You know, but then there's a couple of other pieces of music that are played. And it was funny, the first night when this happened, there was a loud crash sound. And everybody said, what's that, what's that, you know. It sounded like a bulldozer was coming in the front of the place. But last night, there was no sound. It was silent. What happens is, spirit uh, dematerializes him, something, and lifts him out of the cabinet, which is way back here. Picks him up. And last night, he was on the carpeting. That's how far, you know. And um, it's just amazing. So they have to come and they have to unclip him with, you know, like little hedge clippers or whatever. And he wears a cardigan when he goes in there, this button down the front, and it's got those ties all through it, so, you know, really secure. A wool cardigan, it has to be natural fiber because spirit, spirit doesn't dematerialize um, man-made stuff very well, so we're told. I'm sure they could do it, but it's easier if it's all wool. Anyway, when David pops out and lands, his sweater is on backwards. The ties are down his back, not down the front. And there are two independent checkers that at all times, like several times during the seance for both of these people, will go up and check the ties to make sure that they're still fastened, that there's no funny business going on. I did it to keep him in the chair. Actually, it, it's, well, ectoplasm is part of David and part of Scott, part of the medium. It comes out of their body. It is attached to the medium. Okay. If he wasn't tied into the chair, like when William comes out, he walks all around the room. I mean, David would be following him like a little puppet. Right? So that's just another reason. I mean, they are very, very concerned about people thinking that there's anything fake going on with these seances. But really, there isn't. The second night, I gave up my job as a checker and I let Javi do it because I knew she'd just glow from doing this. <laughs> so she did. And it's really, it's just three or four times you have to get up and check the bindings, make sure they're still, you know, the way they were originally. And um, anyway, like I said, David's finale, he's like halfway through the room. It is, it is something that if you've never seen this ever and you find out that somewhere that somebody is doing physical phenomena, materialization phenomena, and one of these two guys is there, and there are actually, there's probably like eight people in the world who do public demonstration of this kind of physical phenomena. And we were lucky enough to have two of them be in our church, and they loved it here. So I'm hoping beyond hope that next year they'll both be back. And then maybe I can wangle a few more free tickets. But if you have to pay, then you got to pay. 
But you know, some people, unless they pay money, they don't think anything's worth it. So, that's just, you know. Anyway, so that's my little story. If you have any questions or anything later, please feel free to access me. Um, or Hobby, or Janet, or Kim, or Val and Bill, because they all participated at one point or another. So I thank you very much. Next time I speak, uh, we'll have a lesson in natural law. So you be sure you stay home that day. <laughs> Just kidding, no, please come. Anyway, talk to you later. <laughs>